0: My biggest gripe with cancel culture and the authoritarian left, they're the most disloyal people that you'll ever meet or that I've ever met. I'll only talk by personal experience. They don't care. It's always the ends justify the means and they're willing to mow anybody down to get there. there, There's a lack of forgiveness. There's a lack of allowing people being human and messing up. And you can tell yourself that that's not the case. But then when the chickens come home to roost, welcome to another episode of Conscious Defiance. This is Brandon Marshall Havener, your host. And today I am covering what it was like when I was woke me, an era from 2018. And of course, me as a manifesting generator, as a responder, some spammers calling my phone the nerve of them. There is noise outside, but the show must go on, and I hope that my mic is blocking the outside noise. But anyway, there's a reason why I did Conscious Defiance, even though I will be covering some of the stuff that, uh, why don't you say something, the account that is another person part of the anti-HR department, anti-coaching HR department. The reason why I'm doing Conscious Defiance on this episode is because this is part of my own personal journey, and me responding to this is helping me give insight of what I was like when I was woke Brandon Marshall Havener, the SJW Brandon Marshall Havener, and why did I change? Why did I evolve past that? And what remains the same, because I think a lot of things remain the same about me, but without further ado, let's get into this. And before we get into the woke stuff, the first thing, the first task at hand that I want to show is this one post that Eva made that I wanted to comment on. A lot of them have been commenting the same thing. Like they, they have their go-to saying of what they think about this. And by the way, in this in this episode, I want to sort of create some type of bridge if that is possible. Sava went harder at me than Eva did. So... I'm going to be nicer. You know, I disagree with her, which is why I'm doing this video, but there's some things I do agree with and there's something that I, some things I can appreciate. And one of the things that, that I do appreciate about Eva or two of the things is the comedy aspect and the taking ownership for everything that she is and what she did maybe a year ago or so when she was more into spirituality and things like that. But something else I want to say is as a, uh, I guess, a critical take when you swing the pendulum so fast, the pendulum may go so far in the other direction that you want to throw out everything that you used to be in this drastic form or fashion, when in actuality, maybe there's some lessons to be learned there. But I'll get into more of that later. Um, so anyway, this first post is about Ashe again, because the there's a I don't know. They they're they really like Ache. I don't know what the deal is. I've been seeing this post go around. Uh, Eva posted this last, this other dude named The Psychologist <laughs> posted about it too and here's my take on this. So here we go. The criticism here is that Ache is offering a program called CEO Vibes, embody the feminine, 1 month of boxer coaching to be used starting the day of purchase. So for $3,333 for a month of boxer coaching for two women only. So this is a high touch container for two women only to get access to a shave. And then someone said, she said, let's see how much therapy money this would be. And I didn't get the next slide, but it just said, like, how much in therapy would it be uh, based off the average? therapy session, which is significantly cheaper. So the whole flex of this post is, you could get thousands of therapy sessions for this same price. Why would you buy this for $3,333? The thing is, is that you don't don't go to a psychologist and you don't get therapy to learn to be a CEO. And there's an aspect of this, like in fact, Rebecca and I just bought a CEO CEO course um, not too long ago for $300, we wouldn't say like, hey, but why would we buy a course? We can go to a psychologist for $97 or whatever the price may be. And we actually get to speak to the person the only problem with that is, what the fuck does a psychologist know about building a business? What is it? What is a therapist or psychologist going to tell Rebecca and I about building our businesses and our roles in the company and how to scale the company past the million dollars and and onward? That's the issue there. And as much criticism as you want to give to lifestyle coaching, and I do have. Um, a criticism towards lifestyle coaching as well. You know, it's not black and white and it's not all negative. And A'Shea embodies a lifestyle that people want. You know, a a psychologist is is working a job. Not that there's anything wrong with working a job, it's just a different thing. And people want different, you know, people just want different things in life. Being a CEO of a business creates a lot of vulnerability. It, It takes a lot of emotional risks. It takes a lot of responsibility that someone who has a job doesn't have. You know, some people enjoy the simple life of having a job and they don't want all the attention. And that's fine because I've heard some criticism about, you know, why do people hate on people who have nine to five and things of that nature? I, I am not at my best capacity when working a nine to five, you know, I'm better at building a business and I'm willing to take on that responsibility. So it's apples and oranges to make that comparison and, Deeper, you know, deeper into this is that it's all about the value that you are receiving from that offer, and it's where the client is. There's nothing wrong with selling to a client who can afford three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars. Three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars would be a small percentage of our monthly income. Rebecca has worked with Eche in the past, and. It's been di- disingenuous of like some of those courses that Sava has stolen and uh, the Reddit people have stolen and, and put on there. And duly noted, I want to say that both seem to be stealing Shea's courses. So there are big similarities between the people who are body shaming Shea and completely trashing her in the Reddit thread. And the people who are bashing her publicly in not such a mean way. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath because my dog was barking. I had to send her outside. But... There's a similarity there that, that should be noted. But what I'm saying here is, is that it's the value and where your customer is at. And some people, this is the exact right thing to purchase. So it's just a weird thing to me that people are comparing two different things. And I think this is kind of the core to why people are hating on people like Ashay is because they're expecting coaching to be therapy and therapy to be coaching when they're two different things. Some people probably shouldn't have a coach and have a therapist instead. There's like too much trauma there. Like the post that Sava made about ripping up her journal, in that moment, she probably needed a therapy more than a coach and it was too much to create a different lifestyle because there was too much trauma blocking that. Vice versa, if I need a coach and I'm looking to expand my life sitting with a therapist might feel like we're not going anywhere and we're not producing anything. A lot of times in therapy, you're not really talking about business strategy. You're not really talking about shifting your mindset around money to expand your business. You're doing something totally different. So it's like, yeah, you can compare the prices, but if you pay less, if you decide to pay less for therapy sessions not going to learn shit about your business all right let's get on to the real topic here though eva said some things not said some things but posted a post that she shared of mine in 2018 it's kind of interesting because i actually saw that she was in my facebook group a a long while's back so this is a post i made in 2018 and she said isn't life funny I'm not going to assume like this was like a shot at me in in some kind of way. She underlined things, insinuating something, but I'm not going to assume the illest intentions here. Like it's a funny observation that someone posted something that you may have agreed with and maybe you had like that agreement enough to share that person's post but now you're in a disagreement with them now. I get the irony of it and all that good stuff. And I also think that there's possible assumptions of who I am or how I change and things of that nature, but not jumping onto those assumptions. Let's just get into the post. 2018 woke woker Brandon said, "I feel many leaders toe the line in this industry filled with hyperinflamed flashy lifestyle." And what I want to what I want to say is what I still agree with, what I've changed my mind on. Things of that nature. I still do believe that people toe the line with a hyper-inflamed, flashy lifestyle. I do think I do believe that people do sell glittery air in the coaching industry. There, that has not changed of my feelings around that. And go going previously, I can only speak on Rebecca's experience with the Shay. But there was there was a lot of support and good content when Rebecca was in her mastermind. Now I do have criticism for Ashay's mentor and I've shared that criticism. And I do feel like this sort of fits the bill. And this is exactly how Rebecca was led being in that container. Rebecca was told to stop with all the content and the writing and to share more selfies. And to, you know, so there is a conditioning there to sound exactly like the other coaches. And Rebecca was told to change her messaging, you know, not to be in her zone of genius. And that really impacted Rebecca while in the container. And that's one of the reasons why Rebecca left that container um, with Melanie. I I agree with it, but I also think it's not the, I don't think it's a whole story. And I don't think just because someone posts a bit about their lifestyle means they're a bad person. I don't think that just because someone posts money wins, it means they're absolutely a bad person. But if that's all and there's no substance, I do think that's an issue. Boom. I also think that's an issue for the coach themselves because I don't think that all coaches, you know, are doing it to manipulate someone or consciously to manipulate someone or anything like that. You know, I just I would recommend to coaches into being more authentic and sharing more of themselves and not holding back on their content, things of that nature. That's my method. That's my chosen method. Um, So. I'm in pretty much agreement with that, but I do believe there's nuance. Um, I see pictures on my news news feed of look how great my life is, but energetically they look lost, empty, and lonely to me. I do think that. I do still think there's a lot of people out there like that. Money goals, showing off your cool, quote unquote lifestyle, showing off material and new outfits seems to be the primary focus. And I also want to add on to this is that the whole lifestyle thing. You know, I think a lot in the coaching industry and what is missing in the coaching industry is what's really missing is learning how to build substantial wealth. And I think a lot of people are always investing on the edge, and I do not think that is good for wealth. I don't think that always trying to buy the most expensive hotel or get the most expensive hotel and all those things. I do believe On some level, it's good to enjoy the luxurious things and to work on your money stuff of what you feel like you don't deserve. I do agree with that, but I think that message isn't good for someone who's building up. And I don't think that's the end all be all. I don't think you have to pay for the most expensive stuff all the time. I don't think you need to keep up with the Kardashian coaching Kardashians. That's something I don't agree with. And I think, you know, a grounded approach is definitely needed in the coaching space. Okay, so I said messengers who used to have a message becoming a shell of themselves because they forgot where the hell they came from. Still agree with that. Absolutely, I never forget where you come from, never forget who you are, never sell your soul for a different message, you know, like show the different sides of yourself, which I think I get into. Um, Their followers are trying to reach this unfathomable reality where really they're chasing metrics that's not even truly what they want. Yes, you know what I'll say is something that I notice with clients that come into my programs, Rebecca's programs, things of that nature, is that it's a red flag to me when someone writes in a form or something like that, where it's like, Hey, I want to, you know, I'm charging 25 K a package, but I'm not making any money, blah, 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 blah. And I think there's a big um gap there for people where it's like, Hey, you can start out. You can fucking learn. You can charge, you know, at a reasonable fucking price and learn your craft and get very good at your craft. And, and, you know, price is really about supply and demand. It's not about just like increasing price over and over again, just for the fuck of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with higher prices, but I think as someone who is new or, you know, or anyone in particular, like sell a price that feels good to your soul, sell a price that feels like you're really serving your clients and that matches your clients that you're serving and stop trying to jump steps along the way just because another coach has all these inflated prices like, whoa. Sometimes they are really inflated prices where it's not authentic. and other times they've just been in the game longer and they got higher prices and things of that nature. So a big thing for Rebecca and I's journey is to really sell on a level that's not out of comparing ourselves to others. It's selling what feels aligned at that time, what feels light on our system, What's a price that we can get behind? What is actually going to be helpful for the clients? One of the big things for clients is you don't want to bring in people that are in survival mode and they're not addressing the hierarchy of needs of like paying rent and surviving and getting food. You know, you got to like, you got to turn those clients down and you got to let people like something that I agree with Eva that I heard on a podcast with, um, another person that I that I really liked. And, you know, I didn't agree with everything that she said. Um, but what's her name? It's Carly, is it Carly Marie? So I really liked this interview that Eva did with the author of The Soul Modes. I think it's Carly, but I don't want to say Carly because people have been using the name Carly, but I think her name's Carly too. I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but I agreed with a lot of what she's saying. And I can feel where they're coming from of certain situations in the coaching space that, aren't quite aligned. Like I agree with that. I don't agree with some things because in my opinion, I feel like it's like the pendulum swing when you first realize like this is all fucked up and it swings so far that you're overcorrecting in a bit. And that's just my opinion. I'm not saying what you should do with your life and things of that nature, but that's what I've seen in my journey. And I do want to share a little bit about my journey as well. There's a lot of people who eat it up but there's also a lot of people tired of hearing the same broken record every day. Love and light live your best life just aside positive titty sprinkles or something. um there's nothing wrong with this positive message. there's nothing wrong with celebrating money goals. there's nothing wrong with consuming and buying materialistic shit. Hey, I agree 2018 Brandon it's still like like you know the funny thing is it's like uh, Rebecca had that whole journey with wanting to buy her first high-end bag. Um, a Chanel. And you know, she thought of just doing it for fun. And we, you know, like we talked about it and we really talked about finances and making logical decisions and building wealth. And we're like, yeah, you know, it would make sense. It wouldn't it be reckless to spend five thousand dollars at this point in your business. Um, so she was ready to pay five thousand dollars the first time she looked and she liked the $75 bag better. So she got that. And then when she went to New York city, she was like, I'm going to try again, but I only want it if it lights me up and it's like, okay, I'd support you in that. And we always run it by, like, I don't, I don't control her finances or anything, but I like to give that masculine structure and we run it through and make sure it's not like this spending like water energy. And I think a lot of women do that in the coaching industry. They get like these hundred K months, or 50K months, whatever, and then all that fucking money is gone because they spend so much on coaching and trying to live up to this lifestyle and things like that. And I think it is definitely valuable for people to be grounded, although I'm not against coaching. I think Eva would agree with a lot of the things I'm saying, except that I'm not against coaching as much as she is. And I think that's where our difference is. Um, You know, I don't agree necessarily of making an entire parody of spirituality in the coaching space, because I think it is very valuable. And, you know, it's changed my life. It's like, I just, I just learned a lot through my journey. There's nothing wrong with this positive message. There's nothing wrong with celebrating money goals. There's nothing wrong with consuming and buying materialistic shit. I just see way too many leaders forget who they are and make the surface level. Um, I don't know what the fuck I was saying there. I was 2018 and I was Writing on a whim. Tell me, what are your views of systematic racism? So I found it interesting that this was underlined. It's not, like, it's not like I changed my mind and said, you know what, I support racism. And I think the system, I support the fucking system. In fact, I support the system even less now, I, I would think. So my question for you, if you're passionate about dismantling systemic racism, why do you follow the things that the corporate media tells you to do? and politicians tell you to do. When celebrities tell you to go out and vote, you vote exactly who they tell you to vote for. They're all part of the system. So if racism is systemic, why are you following the rules of the system and the commands of the system? If the system is designed to protect itself, and that's a big realization and the big shift that I think people have a problem with, I'm against racism. I want every individual in this country to share the same liberty but i don't believe in the pandering i don't believe in the bullshit i don't believe in the grifting and i'm not going to let corporate media control my activism so i think that's a big question there that if you're truly against systemic racism who is telling you to be against it is it the system itself the school system corporate media they're all in bed with each other the politicians you got to think outside of that box and since we're so passionate about lifting black voices i suggest listening to black voices that don't think the same as you and one person that i will say that is probably the easiest bridge to wake up about this stuff to be awakened instead of just woke and i understand woke started as a good term (laughs) and it was culturally appropriated by annoying white people. And now it's just an annoying thing. But I want to say, follow Africa Brook. look up her content, look up that first letter that she wrote to leave the woke cult. If you are against cults, then I think you really need to look at what's really in front of your face and what you're not looking at. Because this is a big change that I made since making this post that, you know, like I'm this I those words reflect how I feel other than the fact of being this crazy authoritarian person who thinks that everyone must talk about systemic racism and another thing is is when I posted that at least it seemed like less and less people were talking about it and that's the thing that I needed to drive home that people needed to talk more and more about but now it just seems like people are just parroting corporate media talking points which isn't true activism in my eyes and it's not the thing that's going to get rid of racism of any form in my eyes. I also think it's important to look at the forms of racism that is coming from the authoritarian left. And the reason why that form of racism concerns me the most is because that's the form of racism that is becoming most popular in this country. And it's like covert narcissism versus overt narcissism. I believe racism is still can be tricky in a way of thinking little of somebody of another race by belittling them and saying that, oh, you poor victim. You're not capable of doing the things that I'm capable of doing. So I'm going to pity you. And that's a racism that we don't often speak against, which is displayed all the time in the authoritarian left. So I think that needs to be looked at. I recommend following Africa Brook If you're really about lifting Black voices, Look outside of the liberal box. And, you know, Africa Brooke is not an alt-right conservative or anything of that nature. She's just someone with a different perspective. And if you really want to learn and if you really want to challenge yourself, you got to look outside of just the woke ideology. Okay, so I also said, what impact are you wanting to bring to the world? I, I agree with that. Like, show us your soul. Show us your worldview. Show us like, you know, more than just like, I help people make money. Which also, I don't necessarily fully understand why these things are being underlined because it's, I'm not a a, like a money bot. (laughs) Like, I'm not just talking about one thing in my posts. I talk about a lot of different things, but maybe that's not the claim there. You know, maybe I'm not being accused of doing so or whatever. What are your views on sexism? Again, I'm against sexism. I'm against sexism all around though. And when I posted that, I probably was, you know what happened two months after this situation? It was a Brett Kavanaugh case. And I was raving during the Brett Kavanaugh case. And I don't regret the things I posted during that time frame. Because I think, you know, it was some really good posts of what men needed to understand about the feminine energy. I think there is a big issue where men are violating the feminine um, and I still think it's an issue to this day. The thing that I regret of who I was is that I jumped on the media manipulation train and got on the collective outrage, which was a bunch of temper tantrum type of noise, trying to cancel people that didn't deserve it. That was a big thing that um, that I regret from that situation. But I am very against sexism, which is why I'm against a Reddit thread that is linked to this anti-coach HR department because in that Reddit thread, they're body shaming Ashay, Um, even in these posts, like something that I'm against, these posts of going against the coaching industry. I understand that people like Ashay and other sex coaches and things of that nature, they they post central co- sensual content, but something really feels off to me by taking that sensual content and making fun of a woman who is embodying her feminine and getting comfortable with her sexuality. You know, there's so many women that I know in this industry that have so much shame and judgment, and it takes a lot for them to embody that on their profile. You know, they they risk being shamed by their family, their old peer groups and things of that nature, and it's truly liberating for them. So one thing I see sexism is, in this weird way, woman on woman sexism. I also think sexism goes both ways. When you're in a Reddit thread calling me tiny dick, like, or an incel, that is women being sexist towards men. That is fem cell behavior. Ironically, that is misandry. So, and misandry is trending on TikTok, and I think that's a big issue too. So, yes, I'm still against sexism, but I'm against sexism towards women and I'm against sexism towards men as well. And I think there's a lot of sexism growing towards men because the corporate media mainstream narrative is always about tearing down men, white men in particular, but black men aren't far behind to being teared down. It's all against masculinity. Um, And then it's like you make these crazy claims like if you're at the point of calling a married man and incel, then you're totally lost in the caught sauce. Like it, it, you're you you're totally out there, and that's that's my take on sexism right there. Like maybe maybe I'm not back the, back in 2018. I think I was easier to manipulate into pandering to the feminist agenda, which is probably what is expected of me when fighting sexism. But right now, I feel like I'm more well-rounded in understanding sexism. Um, on all different degrees i remember in particular when i was raging against shitty men or whatever and i was kind of like on the believe all women train why would a woman make false accusations and things of that nature and then like um, a dude that i really respect was in my inbox and he's like dude i was falsely accused when i was an insurance agent or i think he still is an insurance agent but like i was falsely accused by this woman and it put me through fucking hell like it's, you know, I'm not, you know, and when he said that to me at first reaction, being on that woke stuff, I automatically w- was like, how dare you trying to silence a woman or something like that? Like that's just, or that's a, that's a minority, but it happens to men a lot. And that's one of the things of toxic femininity. We always talk about toxic masculinity. Toxic femininity is exactly what you see in the Reddit threads. Um, and in this cancel culture is when, women attack somebody's reputation and oftentimes using it through lying. Well, it it wouldn't be toxic if they weren't lying, but that's the thing. When they stretch the truth, when they lie to try to assassinate your character in order to gain more power. And a lot of times that's what cancel culture is about. And you would never know it until you're on the receiving end of cancel culture. And that's one of the things that woke me up. When I was on the other end, it was easy for me to criticize other people. When, But when I was on the other end of cancel culture, I saw people just make up fucking stories, like pulling up stories out of their ass about who I was in comparison to what's going on now. Like I'm being called an in incel. I'm being told that, uh, you know, I'm going bankrupt because I owe Melanie Layer money or some shit um, and things of that nature. It's kind of the same thing. It's like they make up stories and you know it's not true because it's not fucking happening in your life. And then you start to understand what cancel culture really is about. What are the weirdest spiritual rituals you have? Still agree with that point. Tell me all those weird spiritual rituals, baby. (laughs) What are your deepest fears? Are you willing to challenge other leaders when they're out of integrity? Now, here's the thing with that. Challenging other leaders when when they're out of integrity. Something that I learned since then is that you don't know the whole story. And people are just going off what other people say about other people or other people's perception or other people's wounds projecting on others. So if it's in a closer relationship and someone's out of integrity, then yeah, that fucking makes sense. You know, that's part of being a coach and a leader. Um, if it's some random person you decide to flame on the internet, that doesn't make you a you know, that makes you less of a leader in my eyes, you know, like that's where I think my weakness was. Where it's like, I'm thinking that I have to put all these people in integrity without really knowing their whole story or what they stand for and things of that nature, making sweeping judgments based off some fucking joke that they made. You know, so that's where, you know, that authoritarian style of leadership, that's where it goes off the rails in my eyes. Um, Yeah, that's what I think. Show me the real you, the deep you, show me why you started this. So I agree with most of that. You know, I would put an addendum on some of them, as I said. Um, but I agree with a lot of that. But one of the big things that have changed me is my stance on cancel culture. I think it's, it's good to stand up for the important things in this world. And I think activism is a great thing, but activism has often became this easy thing to blow off steam for people when they don't have their own life in order. And something that I want to say about my own story is that back when I posted this, I was still building my new life up. And I think when I really started kind of like taking in some of the leftist ideology and the weird thing is, is that I've been a Ron Paul fan since like 2011, 2010. Like I've been like libertarian and all that stuff. And I've always valued the first and second amendment. I always valued individual liberty. But then when I first went through this major breakup and some financial turmoil in my life, that's when these ideas creeped in, in this authoritarian leftism. And one of the things that I think that made it like that, which, which swayed me, is that it gave me this feeling of significance when my life was falling apart. And what I noticed is that I started to get canceled from that lifestyle when my life began stabilizing more and more. In fact, I think um, Rebecca and I just moved into our one bedroom apartment and things were, you know, things were kind of like stabler for both of us. Part of my journey, something I can really relate to Eva is that I made some of the biggest investments in myself in 2014. And I didn't honor my financial boundaries. And in ways, you know, like I, I do think the ways that the coaches that sold to me, you know, I think there could have been more consciousness behind that business practice for sure and i also think that you know right now i learn how to set those financial boundaries and not think that coaching needs to be a do or die situation so i went through turmoil you know i went through a bankruptcy um that is that does that side does exist in the coaching space and to add insult to injury in 2016 when I finally left a coaching container where it felt like it was financially draining me and there was value in that coaching container, but I felt this pressure to keep staying and putting pressure on myself. When I left, I remember going to this event and I spent you know, money on this event, even in a financial struggle, but I found a way to make sales to pay for that event. Um, I remember when the upsell came during that event the one thing that happened at that event, they segregated us into the buyer and the non-buyers during lunch or dinner. And so all the cool VIP people were in another room eating and we were singled out as non-buyers. And there was a lot of shame behind that. And it's like, why isn't it okay that I just go to this event without the upsell? And I remember this guy coming to our table And he said, do any of you have coaches? And some of us said no. And I said, no, I was just, you know, I just left a coaching relationship. Um, And then when he got the no, he's like, well, how do you expect to coach other people if you don't have a coach? And that felt like the biggest kick in the balls ever. And if I could go back in time, I probably would have whooped his ass or cussed him the fuck out. Um, But at that time, I felt a bit demoralized, like, you know, I, I, I internalize that shit. And I think that type of shit is extremely wrong. And I think Eva would agree with me on that. And the thing is, is like, why can't you just go to an event and gain value from that and not be shamed into a coaching package? Another thing is, is in order to be a coach, it doesn't require you to have a coach at all times. On some level, it's true that it is helpful to have a coach and understand the value of it and to take that. Investment on yourself to expect that investment in other people, but to use that as a tactic to keep people into debt and to keep people into containers and draining their money and keep them codependent on you that's something that I disagree with, and that's something that I will stand against. So, I, I you know, I want to say that that was part of my journey, but the thing is, is on that journey, the pendulum did swing pretty hard. I never really gave up coaching. Um, you know, I did get more clarity along my journey, even just recently, knowing that, you know, I thrive with more teaching, creating, and architect work, which is just a little bit of adjustment of what I do. But I never gave up on my personal brand and my business and what I was doing. And all I did learn along the way is how to sell more ethically, how to coach more ethically, and just how to be more of an ethical person when it comes to, Building my business and what to accept and what boundaries to set in my business and in my life. And something else I want to say is that I don't feel all negative about that big coaching experience that I took when I quit my job and joined this container because two of the retreats I went to were some of the best retreats I've ever experienced. And some of the coaching was some really deep breakthrough work that helped me to who I am today. And that's true. That's not a fucking cope. That's not like something like just shove it under the rug and keep on a smile on my face to keep the grift going. No, like that was really helpful. And it helped develop me as a person. It helped open me up to my emotions. It helped me understand business. It helped It helped me learn how I clinged onto money for safety. Like I wouldn't have this freedom around money if I didn't have that experience. So... On my journey, was I pressured into making financial decisions that wasn't the best at that time, even though there was some benefit? Absolutely. Have I gotten an outlook on how it can be financially destructive for people if they don't hold their financial boundaries or their financial boundaries get violated? Absolutely. Do I get to have compassion for myself and not blame myself for not having hindsight of what was happening during that time? Absolutely. Do I fucking agree with you when it comes to speaking out against things and also speaking up for what things that people need to look out for and what boundaries they get to have and teach people how to carry themselves so they don't make the same pitfalls that me or you possibly have in the past? For sure. Would I teach people to punch someone in the face if they pressured them into coaching and segregated them during dinner like they did me? yes punch that motherfucker in the face but my thing is here is when i talk about that we learn from these experiences i think what gets misunderstood and what i've seen misunderstood is that we blame ourselves or you know enjoy the bad experiences because you're growing from it and that's not necessarily the case it is there's two sides to this whole thing On one side, you do want to have compassion for yourself and you want to notice that and you want to see yourself and you want to get the healing around that that is required. You also want to avoid these situations as much as possible. Um, And in a perfect world, I wouldn't like any type of manipulation, scamming or cults out there, but we don't live in a perfect world. And I feel like even with a level of regulation. There's a cost that comes with regulation that costs innocent people and people are doing good in the world. And I also believe that it doesn't save everybody because you're always going to like dentistry is regulated. um, Having a doctor is regulated. um, Therapy is regulated. Psychology is regulated. All that stuff is regulated, but you can still have nightmare scenarios. For instance, if I hired one of the therapists that are in that Reddit group called a Shea Scamdara, then I would feel like, wow, this is a regulated industry and this person can post anonymously fat shaming somebody. I got therapy from somebody who body shames people and puts other women down that way. Wow. I hired the wrong fucking person. So that's my thing. And in fact, What I found in my personal experience is a lot of people with the credentials in coaching like ICF or whatever else, and some people who are even giving out credentials are some of the most narcissistic and manipulative people I've seen. Not saying there's not manipulative people that are uncertified and not saying that there's a whole other problem there. I'm just saying that it's easy to fall in line with the system and connect the dots on what is acceptable within, let's say, the matrix or society and still be a shitty person. I've heard nightmare stories about dentists. You know, there's, there's a lot of people that end up dying from malpractice, but we don't focus on the malpractice. We focus on what doctors can do for us. And My thing is is about the coaching space. I have no problem with trying to make it better. We do have disagreements on the regulation thing and how much that can change. I want it to be the best that it can be. But at the same time, where we do have a disagreement with is that I don't focus on every single bad thing over all the good that the coaching space brings. And I think You know, there's a lot of devaluing in spirituality and coaching that is actually bringing a lot of value to people's lives. Conveniently skim over the success stories and, you know, how it has changed people's lives um, in order to focus on, on all the worst case scenarios. And that's not to ignore the people who we should have open forums, right? We should have the truth, should be open. But also that should be carefully crafted. That that should be something that is, there should be checks and balances. People shouldn't be able to easily lie, stretch a truth or demonize somebody just because they were pissed off about a journaling exercise. And I think that's where the gap is. Maybe we can find some middle ground in there, but that's what I feel. Um, I wanna bring up, and this doesn't help my case at all, <laughs> if I'm trying to convince um, the authoritarian left to see my way of things but something i do agree with is something that jordan peterson said and one thing i will say is when you think of people look beyond the headlines of what people say of what you should think about that person and really listen to an entire podcast episode i know for some people like listening to fucking jordan peterson for three hours what the fuck because it's easy but it's easy to mischaracterize somebody based off a clip or based off their worst moments, or based off a crazy tweet. I don't agree with the tweet that he made about that woman, I think, on Sports Illustrated. I don't agree with that. I do think, you know, <laughs> I do think in some ways Jordan Peterson has, uh, you know, my friend Chris has said, like, he's become a meme in some ways. He has some good stuff to say as well, and he has some very valuable ideas for both men and women. But, you know, like, if you, if you demonize people, Like, I really think some of the people that you demonize the most or some of the people that you see the corporate media demonize the most, take some time to look beyond the headlines and, you know, listen to them fully. Like another thing is Africa Brook did interview Jordan Peterson, right? And I recommend listening to Africa Brook. I'll give a recommendation for her a second time in this show. Um, But it was such a beautiful moment because she judged him so fucking hard and then later ended up interviewing him and seeing who he really is and you know they're both they're having a crying session i think jordan was crying more <laughs> but it was so good it was such a good interview such you know like i just I'm, i am you know just you know expand your mind i i i've invested in the anti-racist courses and things of that nature. I've learned the stuff that's going on on the left. And some of it I agree with some of it I disagree with. And one of the reasons why I'm not liked by many people on the left is because, well, first they think I'm against all of their causes, but the thing is, is I have a different approach and I see something that I feel like they're not looking at. And, you know, I'm open to learning too. Like if you, you know, if, I'm willing to take on new things but I've kind of seen things full circle and I think that's very important. So anyway, the reason why I'm reading this Jordan Peterson tweet is well we'll see. So Jordan Peterson says don't you understand at all what you are participating in? Don't you think this could happen to you and those you value? And this is what I think of cancel culture, um writing people off, thinking that, you know, dehumanizing people and just considering them as evil. And the one thing about coaching is, yes, there are some crazy cult leaders, and I've seen Eva show the difference between cringe people and cult leaders, and I appreciate that, Eva. So, you know, I want to give some appreciation there where appreciation is due. But I just think there's too much in cancel culture that dehumanizes somebody, and just because they might sound a little bit the same or give you a, you know, give you a similar vibe as someone that has violated your boundaries and things that, that nature, we make sweeping assumptions of them. And then we completely write them off as dangerous and violent when in actuality, we could be learning something from them in a lot of cases. And I know that's tough to, 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 hear sometimes. Um, my experience with my previous coach, like I didn't, you know, looking back, I don't agree with all the business practices, all the pressure to stay in. And I do think there were, I'd say, caught aspects of it. I can't ignore the value that I got from it, some of the deepest coaching through that experience. And I can't write it all off. And that's just me being authentic. And I can't write him off as a human being for taking some business training that he learned and then putting it onto his clients. Right, so like, not saying that there's nothing to blame there and all that stuff, but at the same time, I can understand it from a bird's eye view. You know, there's some people where it's like I'm going to stay away from completely. There's some people where it's like, oh, I get that. You know, like this didn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. I'll be aware of that, but also I can appreciate some aspects as well. And you know, like even with the you know the Melanie thing and people who work with Melanie, there are some people that have, you know, like, I hate that shit when they're like, I proudly present and they, you know, because I know the whole strategy and things of that nature. But there's people that I love and adore that I've worked with Melanie. And there's people that I I thought that might be too Melanie ish. And then, you know, like, I realized like, oh, no, this person is really fucking cool. So there's that factor as well. Like, I don't think it's cut and dry all the time. I think it's easy to put people in the categories of completely evil or completely good. But it's not accurate. And, you know, again, I'm probably beating a dead horse here, but it's like we write people off that could actually be a benefit of our lives or are actually doing good in the world. And if we join into this culture, of jumping into the mob way of thinking of like, this person's evil, we got to take them down. Soon that boomerang is going to come back on us. And that's what Jordan Peterson is saying. So let me shut up and read this. Well, I'm not shutting up, I'm reading as him. And I'm not going to try to do his voice. I'm not good, I'm going to butcher it, even though, you know, so many people have gotten his voice down good. Um, How can you be so sure that the pendulum won't swing your way? It has before, you know, and when it does again, remember your words and repent. You will be held to higher and higher and soon impossible to maintain ethical standards by the very mob you currently wish to please. Then you will make a mistake and they will devour you with glee. Please take this warning seriously. I liked you. So this was a tweet to, to Ethan Klein when Ethan Klein took off his shows because Ethan Klein wrote him off as um, an everything phobic. But the the interesting thing about this is, is Ethan Klein Um, took him off the show. Jordan Peterson warned him. And it was only like two to three months later that people were canceling Ethan Klein over some shit. And that's how it works because the authoritarian left, they eat their own because it's always this high standard. Ironically, this high standard that they can't see their own hypocrisy and hold those standards for themselves and they just eat their own. What happened with me? Like I just, I thought I was doing the right things, saying the right things. And even when I was being called out, there's nothing that I could have said. There's nothing that I could have clarified. There was so much that they got wrong about me, even with a video that they were mad at and they listened to with their own perception, they said things happened in that video that didn't happen. There was nothing that I could say to change their mind. It was what it was. And that's what happens. The boomerang swings right back on you. And, you know, unfortunately, I think that's the fate for people like Melissa Lapidez. I think that can be the fate for Eva. You know, the one thing about Eva that is, you know, the thing is, is she'll say leftist talking points, but she's also, there's, there's, there's still liberal values there. And there's still that comedian in her and comedy comes from this place of authenticity. And, the moment that you take that step that is outside of what they want you to hear, or you say something that's a bit too offensive, even if you're coming from a good place, but it was offensive to them, and if you don't bend the knee, they will devour you. And that's the fate for people who tried to build this pedestal. And what was the what was the first thing that was said here? What was the let's go back in time, if I can. And I think of when you said that caption isn't life funny it's like isn't life funny how things come full circle and we agree with things and things of that nature and I feel like I'm just you know I don't I don't like to say like I'm ahead of the curve or anything like that but I feel like I'm on a different part of the spiral and it's like I've seen this play out before and um you know that's kind of like is isn't life funny on my end where it's like I kind of see where this is going I see where it's going when the pendulum swings so hard and then the moment you're like hey you know um, i'm realizing some things i'm gaining more information and then your audience turns on you what i found my my biggest gripe with cancel culture and the authoritarian left they're the most disloyal people that you'll ever meet or that i've ever met i'll only talk by personal experience They don't care. It's always the ends justify the means and they're willing to mow anybody down to get there. there, There's a lack of forgiveness. There's a lack of allowing people being human and messing up. And you can tell yourself that that's not the case. But then when the chickens come home to roost, oh man, it is fucking brutal. It is brutal being on that end of cancel culture. And that's why I think we need to stop judging people so harshly and taking people down and dehumanizing people. And, you know, I'll say it again. I think the biggest thing, I think that Reddit thread shows how dangerous this anti-coaching HR department way of thinking is. And that's when the masks are totally off. I think it's also bad when it's like you spend your days finding new people to seriously call out. You know, and 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 you know, post their photo up and explain exactly why they're exploiting people. And in many cases, when you haven't even worked with them or you don't even know how their business is run or how they carry themselves, it's like you can feel so certain when demonizing somebody. And I know that sense of certain, but you can also be so wrong. And when it all falls down, the people that are praising you now turn on you. It's gonna be the people that you roasted and tried to destroy that will be there that are willing to forgive you. The people that are actually riding with you are not gonna be that forgiving. You're not gonna be able to message them. They'll be like, no, you were harmful and violent in your posts and we don't accept that. And you'll be like, what did I say? I don't get it. And that's how it usually plays out. And I don't know if the point that I'm making is gonna get through to everyone who's listening to this But it's how it goes, and maybe one day you can look back on this video and be like, damn, fuck. (laughs) He had a fucking point. Anyway, this is Brandon Marshall Havener with Conscious Defiance. That was my journey with some of the bad parts of coaching, the bad parts of cancel culture, and how I became who I am today. Um, Thank you for listening, and until next time, friends.